Hollow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin has six lines to fit your style and financing to fit any budget. Through November 30th, choose 12 months, no payments and no interest, plus 20% off installation. Set your free consultation now at PellaWI.com. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. I've been saying all morning that I expected a, a verdict actually early afternoon my, my and I, I've explained this before that based on my experience a lot of times you don't get verdicts on Thursday especially in these long trials what happens is the jurors you know if, if you get a verdict on a Thursday then they've got to go back to work on Fridays things like that it, it, it jurors are human and in this particular case you've had a jury that's been out all week you've got deer hunting that starts tomorrow you've got Thanksgiving that's coming up you've got the weekend and if there was going to be a verdict that was returned I, I thought Friday today would be the prime thing okay we've got the judge here Eric Bullstead yeah the judge just opening his mic now and starting to address the court how strongly you may feel and this understood that many people do have strong feelings, but uh, we can't permit any, permit any kind of a reaction to the verdict. And uh, as you can see, there is quite a bit of law enforcement here, and you will be whisked out of here if there is any. So just be aware. And they are bringing the jury in right now. Go down, please. Yes. Thank you. There's a judge calling the bailiff, I presume, there to bring in the jury. Kyle Rittenhouse is on hand. His mother, as well, who's been there for every day of the proceedings, also there. He's flanked by his defense team. Everyone's standing now, waiting for the jury to come in. About 26 hours or so of deliberations to get the case on Tuesday morning. And this could take a bit to read through. There were five counts originally. If there are lesser charges and that type of thing, the judge would likely have to go through each of those, correct? Yeah, it... it it depends. I forget how they ended up. If, if, the, if the jury found self-defense, I think it was unclear as to whether they had to go through all the lesser includeds or not. But mm-hmm. yeah, once it starts, so it'll it'll move pretty quickly. No questions from the jury. You know, I mean, I mean, no substantive questions about interpretation of law and right. stuff. Just we'd like to see some evidence and things like and that. Instructions. Yeah, more but, copies. Yeah. Right, but no. What does this mean? Can you define reasonable doubt? You know, tell, tell us more about self-defense. Nothing from the jury about that. Rittenhouse is very stoic at the moment. This must seem like an eternity for him. All right, members of the jury, have here. you uh, elected a four-person? Would you uh, ask, uh, give your juror number, please? 54. 54, and uh, has the jury reached a verdict as to each count of the information? Yes, we have, Your Honor. Uh, one verdict and one verdict only? Yes. Would you hand all of the paperwork to the bailiff, please? This is the ones that we didn't know. Okay. Uh, everything. Okay. Yeah, thanks. 
May I say that to you, please, uh, Mrs. Chairman? Oh, Thank you. Judges reviewing the verdicts right now. The defendant will rise and face the jury and hearken to its verdicts. State of Wisconsin versus Kyle Rittenhouse. As to the first count of the information, Joseph Rosenbaum, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the second count of the information, Richard McGinnis, we, the jury, find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. Members of the jury, are these your unanimous verdicts? Is there anyone who does not agree with the verdicts as read? No. Would you wish the jury pulled? No. Okay. Uh, okay, folks, your job is done, and uh, we started just about three weeks ago. And I, uh, caught, I told you it could last two weeks and two days. This is two weeks. This is three weeks. Uh, you were a wonderful jury to work with. You were punctual. You were attentive. Um, and the forgotten six over here who had a, a very difficult job of uh, keeping from discussing the case during the time that they were sequestered as well. All of you, you just I, I couldn't have asked for a better jury to work with. And uh, it has truly been my pleasure. Uh, You've, I think, uh, without commenting on your verdict, the verdicts themselves, just in terms of your um, the attentiveness and the cooperation that you gave to us, uh, justifies the confidence that the founders of our country placed in you. So um, I dismiss you at this time. You're never under any obligation to discuss any aspect of this case with anyone. You're welcome to do so as little or as much as you want. Uh, the media have requested, a number of media sources have requested the ability to talk to you and uh, they have been uh, allowed to present uh, presentations to you that you'll get in writing and it's entirely up to you whether you want to contact, contact them. They are not to contact you. Um, if anyone does contact you and just you know, tell them you're not interested in discussing it, if that's the case, um, and if anyone persists in doing so, uh, report that to us and it will be It's Judge Schrader addressing the jury uh, after finding uh, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, not guilty uh, on all charges. About uh, information and... Uh, Rittenhouse uh, and stood... As he yeah, read the verdicts, and then Rittenhouse fell and collapsed into his chair before hugging his lawyer. Your are they gave him some water. He was clearly emotional, uh, shaking as he was uh, trying to get a drink of water. I'm going to talk to you for just a minute, not about anything to do with the case, 
but just about that sole issue and um, um, you as I say you're welcome to discuss the case as little or as much as you want um, and uh, any questions anybody thank you so much and uh, you're um, you're after four years you're eligible for service again <laughs> it would be my pleasure to work with you thank you I, yeah, please. Or in the they can check in the library. It's not going to be more. Breaking news on News Radio WTMJ: Kyle Rittenhouse found not guilty on all counts after more than twenty-six hours of deliberations by the jury. They came under that verdict, came to that agreement here just moments ago, read by Bruce Schrader, the judge. Kyle Rittenhouse collapsing as he heard the news after the six counts were read. He uh, shook hands and hugged his lawyers while he then listened to the rest of the proceedings. Now we're seeing our live feed, thanks to our friends at TMJ4 News, the defense team shaking hands. And we should also mention that the uh, the courthouse, Jeff, is full of law enforcement officers. They have sheriff's deputies on hand. They have others on hand now as the jury is leaving. And, of course, they have reporters on hand as well as some family members as well. Right, and obviously what happened is the, the jury... Uh, they said they wanted lunch at 11.30, and, and while I've been saying all along, I, I think, you know, we were going to have a verdict sometime t- today. I think what you – the jury must have reported a little bit earlier in the day they had a verdict because it it takes a while to get people into the courtroom and to get law enforcement mobilized and things like that. Well, and we had caught, we had caught wind that something like this was happening, and, of course, we didn't want to break anything without knowing exactly what, what was happening. But it, it was interesting because they seemed to tell the correct people, but they didn't tell the media – until there is an actual verdict to be read, which just, you know, they gave you about 10-minute warning there. Usually we are expecting a longer one, but that's okay. Um, so now that's out, what we do expect to hear from the defense team, uh, I'd be surprised if Rittenhouse himself speaks, but we do expect to hear from his lawyers. We're unsure if we're going to get a statement from the prosecution or not. And I would guess that we'll hear from others as well. I know Jacob Blake's family was planning to speak as well at some point. Okay, so I think that, you know, people are milling around. I don't know if the judge is going to say anything else in open court or, or not. Um, let's see, because typically what would happen is you would order the defend the verdicts entered and you would order the, the defendant then discharged and things like that. There's normally some procedural stuff that would go on. And he could rule on a mistrial still? Well, is there's that no reason to. Right. I, I mean, at this point, and that's... That's one of the reasons why you withhold the rulings on the mistrial motions, because if they find him not guilty, th- there's no reason to point? do that. Right. right. So it, it, it's not unusual at all to do that. So um, people gathered outside the courthouse. We're looking at some, some video feed of that now, Eric, but not a large number of people right now. Right. And this is, you know, it's the middle of the day on a Friday. So what I would anticipate is that you'll see some demonstrators and others show up throughout the day today uh, at any different types of time here outside the Kenosha County Courthouse. We, Like I said, we do expect to hear from Rittenhouse. Another thing what I would anticipate is that we'll hear from Jacob Blake's family. They had said that they were going to speak. Whether they do that here at the courthouse or someplace else, we'll obviously bring that to you as well. Well, and, th- and this is... I mean, it, it's a clear situation where the, the jury obviously did not feel the state disproved um, the, the self-defense thing beyond a reasonable doubt. And, and we can't stress this enough. In, in this country, people are not found guilty or innocent. Juries are not asked 
to determine whether somebody's innocent. The state has the burden of proof of proving guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. So that's the question. It's guilty or not guilty. And the way the law works in Wisconsin, and I suspect there might be a discussion of this moving forward, is the state has the burden of proving beyond a reasonable doubt that self-defense doesn't apply. See, in some states, self-defense is what you call an affirmative defense. Mm -hmm. Here, the state had to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that it wasn't a self-defense case. And I think, you know, the jury just felt the state did not meet its burden. Were you surprised at all? Did you expect maybe one to go over? One guilty verdict? No, well, I, I... I have thought all along that it was more likely going to be all or nothing. It was more likely either going to be, you you saw it as a situation where the state couldn't overcome its burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt, or or they did. I've been saying all along that I'm sure one of the things that troubled some jurors, a fact that troubles lots of people, is regardless of of the state of the law, you you have a 17-year-old who shows up in a volatile situation with an AR-15 and quickly gets in over his head, puts himself in a position where all this this chaos is erupting. And I, I thought that there might be some jurors who were just uncomfortable with the idea of we're just going to let him walk on this. I, I, I think this is a reasonable verdict, though, Eric. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what people are going to say afterwards based on the evidence that was, was presented and the burden of proof that this, I, I think, was a reasonable verdict for a jury to reach. Kyle Rittenhouse found not guilty on all counts. We're looking to get reaction from some of the key players in this case. We'll bring that to you live when we can do so. Um, one thing we should point out is that uh, obviously the, the law enforcement is high in Kenosha and in Kenosha County at this time. They were anticipating some reaction. So the National Guard, of course, is on standby and we have law enforcement as well. Plus, don't forget the last couple of days there's been some Intense moments on the on the courthouse steps from pro supporters, pro Kyle Rittenhouse, cons for Kyle Rittenhouse. So we're hearing both of that now as there is some demonstrations taking place. And as soon as someone is speaking that was a key player to this, we'll bring that to you. Tell you what, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Obviously, this is the breaking news story of the day, and we will continue to cover it in depth. We're also going to give you an opportunity to weigh in if you're just tuning in. Kyle Rittenhouse found not guilty on all five counts. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I'm joined by Eric Bilstadt. If you're just tuning in, the jury in the Jacob Blake case reached a verdict. The verdict was read about 20 minutes ago, not guilty on all counts. And we're waiting statements. Uh, the prosecution is not going to be issuing a statement. The defense, my guess is, will be having some comments. And, um, Eric, right now, it's Jacob Blake's uncle that's, mm-hmm. that's Jacob Blake was uh, the man who was shot by Kenosha police that sparked those riots in August of 2020. His uncle now speaking to reporters outside the courthouse. No, I haven't. But again, I don't talk to him about cases. Talk about things. Yeah, the audio is a little that, rough, yeah, it's, so it's if that audio can get any better. Obviously, uh, very emotional and disappointing with the outcome. Well, you know, Eric, one of the things I, I do want to say is that this is a not guilty verdict, and, and during the course of the trial, and a lot of the commentators were very, very critical of the prosecution. And I, I think at some point in time, you need to, people need to take a step back and and realize that the prosecution 
played the cards that it was was dealt. Now, if I was going to be critical of them, I think the case was overcharged. I, I think that they, they they developed this theory that uh, that Kyle Rittenhouse was this white supremacist who came to Kenosha with the intent of shooting people, and I don't think that's what the facts bore out. But nevertheless, for people who were criticized, well, you put this witness on and he helped the defense, sometimes when you're in this trial... It, it is what it is. I mean, you, you have this was a, a chaotic sort of situation. And, you know, it, it's not like they had a lot of different witnesses to choose from. So, I mean, I don't think they did a bad job with what they had, I guess. That's how I look at it. Let's try one more time to go live to Kenosha County to hear from Jacob Blake's uncle, who's addressing reporters. It shows that we can be gunned down in the street and there are no consequences. And that's why they feel so important. Yeah, you know what, people are yeah, going to try, but we just can't. We, it's not worth trying to get up if you can't hear it. Obviously, they're disappointed with everything. I Were you uh, surprised at all that none of the lesser charges came up in any of these? Well, no, clearly they the, the jury saw this as a self-defense case. And, and, you know, once you see it as a self-defense case, that self-defense applies to all the lesser charges a, as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, as I said before, juries don't have to be in, verdicts don't have to be internally consistent. So theoretically, you could have, if there were enough people who said, look, we, we just got to hold him accountable for something, you, you, you could have had one of those. But in this case, the jury, I think, looked at the instructions. And, and by the way, and I know there's some people who, who don't like to hear this, but at least in my opinion, based on the evidence that was presented at trial, and I keep coming back to this, the burden of proof that the state had, which is disproving self-defense beyond a reasonable doubt, I, I don't think this is an unrealistic or an unreasonable verdict, uh, just as it plays out, although I know a lot of people are going to be unsatisfied with it. Is there anything the prosecution or those on the side of the prosecution can do moving forward with this case? The no, case is over. Case once, is done. Once once jeopardy attaches, which is the phrase you use, once the jury is sworn, you that's you can only be tried once for offenses. Now, what can happen and what will happen is there will be civil lawsuits. Remember, like yep. think back to the O.J. Simpson case. O.J. Simpson gets acquitted by the jury. Well, you know, the family members of the victims, I'll say victims, the judge doesn't like that, but I'll say victims, family members of the victims bring lawsuits. And those could have completely different outcomes because and they did in a, the O.J. case. Well, and, well, it's also a different burden of proof. Yep. You know, in a criminal case, the state bears the burden of proving their case beyond a reasonable doubt. In a civil case, it's just by a preponderance of the evidence. In other words, 50% plus you know, 0.1. So you can get a different dynamic. Now, of course, the, the issue when you bring civil lawsuits is you can sue somebody, you can get a judgment, but if they don't have any money to collect, well, okay, you just frame the the judgment and you put it up on the wall and and i i mean i don't know what kyle rittenhouse's financial status is now or moving forward but even if there were a multi-million dollar verdict your chances of collecting that against kyle rittenhouse at least at this point in time are, are probably slim to none and uh the people of kenosha can expect not to see kyle rittenhouse again i believe he's already said that he doesn't intend on coming back to the city you know no matter what the verdict was going to be that he wasn't going to be back i think that would probably be wise Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Breaking news, of course, is that Kyle Rittenhouse found not guilty on all five counts. Uh, right now, not a huge presence at the Kenosha County Courthouse. Uh, there's a number of, of people, it, dozens, we're, we're not talking hundreds, we're not talking thousands. There's maybe a couple dozen people that are gathered on the courthouse steps. You, you just heard some comments from Jacob Blake's uncle who was 
viewing this in in, in racial sort of terms and things like that. Um, I, I don't. There, right now, there is a huge police presence. Like I say, I, I we're getting reports that um, the that Governor Evers is looking at again. The, the National Guard, keep in mind, has been in Milwaukee County or Waukesha County. My guess is that you are going to to see a, a larger police presence that's going to be brought into and deployed around Kenosha, just just again as a way of deterring any. Any people, anybody that might show up and might be inclined to, you know, act out in a way that is inappropriate. I mean, right now you're not seeing any of that, and hopefully, cooler heads will in fact prevail. I, I in, you know, this particular case is perhaps not as as volatile and not as charged as perhaps some of the other cases that have been around. But nevertheless, I think, you know, everybody from the perspective of law enforcement is committed to making sure that law enforcement does not lose control like they did in the, the two nights preceding what happened that third night of the riots, looting, protests, whatever you want to call it, that, that led to the entire thing with, with Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse has now been discharged. For people who wonder what do you do with the mistrial motions and things like that, it, th- there won't be rulings on him because the fact that the jury has found him not guilty means he cannot be tried on these charges again, so th- there's no reason to rule on the various mistrial motions that are, in fact, out there. So we won't hear any more about that. As I said a couple of minutes ago with Eric Bilstadt, this isn't the necessarily the, the end of the, the proceedings involving Bill, uh, involving Kyle Rittenhouse, because what's inevitably going to happen is there will be you know civil lawsuits. I think some have perhaps already been filed. There'll be discovery matters and things like that, and there will be a different burden of proof in a civil trial than in a um, in a criminal trial. In addition, I, I think one of the things that needs to happen after after this case is I, I think particularly the legislature needs to take a, a sort of a tougher look at, at certain laws. The one count that was thrown out by the judge was a charge of possessing a, a firearm illegally by a, a minor. And the judge, and I'm not sure, I don't necessarily believe the judge was incorrect at this, but but the law is kind of a mess. The law says if you're 16 or 17 years old, you, you can't go armed with a dangerous weapon unless it's in a hunting or a trap shooting or something like that situation. But because of a technicality, perhaps, in the law, some unclear wording in the statute, the judge found that that, that didn't apply as long as the gun wasn't a sawed-off rifle or a sawed-off shotgun. I think the legislature needs to take a hard look at that and say, okay, what what is really going on here? Do we really want to have a situation where 16- and 17-year-olds can go wandering down the streets you know, carrying loaded firearms? So I think that that's an issue that they might want to take a look at. And as we will perhaps discuss later on, I I think maybe this raises the whole question of how broad is self-defense. And there's all sorts of different states apply the concept of self-defense in in different ways. In Wisconsin, once you raise the issue of self-defense, it becomes the burden of the prosecution to essentially disprove that beyond a reasonable doubt. And as I've been saying for the last year, 
that is a in the in light of the facts of this particular case that is a a very difficult standard to meet other states treat self-defense differently some states say it's an affirmative defense and if you raise it you then have to prove it you assume the burden i think maybe that there will maybe there will be a discussion moving forward about do we need to take a look at the the self-defense laws and things like this do we need to change some of the standards or is the lesson of Kyle Rittenhouse going to be that you can show up in public situations armed and then end up getting involved in situations and then shooting people who aren't, in fact, armed and then using self-defense? Is self-defense the concept too broad in, in Wisconsin? And I think that's, you know, one of the things that people are going to be, you know, looking at a, as well if we try to figure out where we're going to be moving, going, moving forward. All right, I want to open up the phone lines. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We um, we have been talking about various aspects of the Rittenhouse case since the incident occurred in August of 2020. The jury has now spoken. The jury has said the state did not prove its case beyond a reasonable doubt, and Kyle Rittenhouse is free. What do you think? And we'll talk about any aspect of the case that you want to talk about. 855-616-1620. These are the times where I use this program as a forum for an electronic town hall. Your ability to react to what you've seen, what you've heard, what you think was justice done in this particular case. Where do we go from here? What's going to happen next? Are cooler heads going to prevail? Are we going to be looking at problems later on today and into this evening and over the course of the weekend? Any aspect of the Rittenhouse case that you want to discuss, well, it, it's fair game. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back with your calls in just a moment. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. And the breaking news story, Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty on all counts against him. A couple of people were saying, saying remind, what, what was the gender and the ethnicity of the jury? Five men, seven women, one person of color. And I, I don't know if that was male or female. Don't, don't know for sure. The jurors have been discharged. The judge said, look, you're under no obligation to talk to the media. They've been instructed uh, not to contact you directly. We will give you written pitches that they've made. And if you want to reach out and, and talk to them about the verdict, you know, feel free to do it. What presumably happens after this is keep in mind the jurors have been meeting every morning. They've been driving to an undisclosed location in Kenosha. I, I assume it's some secure government facility or something, parking their cars and then taking a bus in. My guess is that they will now take that, that bus back, but they have been discharged. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Any aspect of this case you want to discuss? Let's start with Rome in Milwaukee You're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What do you think? Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, uh, I, really, I'm telling you, I'm disheartened. Uh, I, I I knew uh, beforehand uh, what was going to happen, but I was hoping that it didn't happen. I was hoping that our our justice system was going to prevail. But uh, as you said previously, uh, you know, we have some flaws in our system, and uh, maybe they need to change. They're not going to change. Uh, if uh, the, when the next election comes and the Republicans win, they're going to continue down the same path of uh, having uh, self-defense uh, after you have a gun that might be legal or illegal, but they want people to be able to have that Wild West mentality of being able to carry openly, uh, being able to use self-defense as a, a way of uh, 
of uh, protecting yourself when it might not be self-defense. So my whole thing is I'm disheartened, and I think that if you put another person, like an African-American or Hispanic uh, young person the same age in that situation, we would have never had this discussion. This would have been a murder case. They would have been shot on the, on the spot. Or, or, so by I, that you mean if, or by that you mean if instead of it being a 17-year-old white kid like Kyle Wright in Rittenhouse, it had been a, a 17-year-old black kid, um, under these same circumstances, you don't believe the verdict would have been not guilty. You don't believe it would have gotten all the attention this case has gotten over the course of the last 14 months. You think it would have been a much more open and shut thing. So you think there is a racial component to this, as Jacob Blake's That's uncle does. Yes, there's definitely a racial component because, I mean, Gene, use your common sense of what you know about the world and what we've seen in the last several years of what's going on in our country. We're in a situation now where if we don't get our act together as people and start caring about each other, start loving each other, and get rid of all these people that's tearing our country apart by coming up with these laws that are, are, are benefiting one party and one people. You got a lot of people. Now, I was riding down 124th Street in Wauwatosa about 15 minutes ago, and there's a guy riding in the next lane to me, yelling and screaming out the window, he's not guilty, he's not guilty, like this guy's won the lottery. And there's going to be a lot of young white males like him that's going to have that same attitude, that's going to embolden them to think they can get away with that kind of stuff, when we know that chances are they will because of the way our laws are set up now, and I really don't have faith that our laws are going to change anytime soon. Thanks for the call. You know, one of the things I, I do want to say is regarding Regardless of, of how you feel about the verdict, the truth of the matter is th- there's no winners here. I, I mean, there, there, there really isn't. Um, you have you have three people who were shot, two people who are, are dead. Um, you have, and I appreciate the, the point that Rome, our last caller, was, was making about, you know, the, the last thing you want is, is people to start feeling emboldened to, to take situations and, and make it worse. Whether, I mean, again, when, when you've got the, the protests, riots, the looting, whatever you want to call going on in Kenosha, it would be extremely unfortunate if people were to interpret this verdict as a license for people on, on regardless, whatever, I don't care what side of the issue that you're on, to now say, okay, well, this is going to be my opportunity. I want to bring firearms and I want to use those firearms. And, you know, if somebody says something to me, now the Rittenhouse case is much more complex than that. I'm not sure that we can draw some of the larger conclusions that some people think from this. But I do agree with the general sentiment that dialing it down is clearly what we need to do as opposed to amping it up. And again, going back two days, and I, I repeat this, I mean, I think one of the lessons of this is that it is extremely unfortunate that civilian authorities lost control of, of what was going on in the streets those first two nights that led to the, this chaotic scene on, on, on that third night that, that, that brought this whole thing together. And maybe that's one of the lessons, too, that you just you, – you've got to be prepared to make sure that authorities do not lose control of things on the street because otherwise it leads to the people thinking, well, I've got to show up with a gun to protect this – because the cops can't do this, and then other side to show up and saying, okay, well, now maybe I've got to arm myself because the people that are protecting the property might have firearms. That That's that's not a good situation to be in. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's talk to uh, Terry on the south side. Terry, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Hey, uh, I'll, I'll make a couple points. I'll be real quick. I just want to say... Uh, I think they made the right decision based upon the video and the evidence. And I know a lot of people are emotional and they do feel there's a racial aspect. I'm black and I'm a gun owner. I want people to understand that 
being in the situation like Kyle Rittenhouse was in, you have a 50-50 chance of survival. Anyone thinking that they want to go out and do what he did, you don't. He he was hit in the head with a skateboard. He could have been killed from that. He was hit in the head with a rock. He could have been killed from that. The first guy, Jason Rosenbaum, could have gotten his gun and killed him. So anyone thinking that, okay, well, this means I can go out and do that, just think about those, that the totality of the circumstances is what led to him being not guilty and what led to him surviving that incident. And like you said, yeah, you know, look at everything now. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees. Yeah, maybe he had a GoFundMe, but now he's going to be scarred for the rest of his life, being known as the person who did this. He's going to have to look out for himself. I mean, there's a lot of aspects to it. I think everyone needs to calm down and think logically and, and look at the totality of the circumstance. Me, personally, like I, me and you have talked before about this, I would not be out during a riot, yeah. during a curfew with the AR-15. I would be in the house safe with my family. Right. I think everyone needs to look at that and just calm down and relax and start using your brain and let the police and law enforcement that we pay taxes for deal with riots and curfews and all that stuff. It is not our responsibility. The, the country has not fallen. We don't need to take up arms and protect it. Yeah, you know, thank, thanks for the call, Terry. I, I appreciate the perspective. You know, that that's that, that's one of my takeaways from this, and I, I've mentioned this a couple times over the course of the last couple of weeks. I, I was I remember watching the the videotape and it was one of the videos that had been introduced at, at trial and it was at the gas station where this whole thing started and it was the the moments before the the shooting and and I, I was just looking at the scene of of chaos that was there you had all these people and I did like the term the prosecution used chaos tourists you had all these people who were there who really had had, had no business at all being there they weren't part of any sort of protests they were there because this was the scene this was the happening Let's show up. And yet all these people at, the, at these gas stations and people were on different sides of the issues. And you had people that were screaming, you know, blank you, blank you, no blank you. And there's people that are throwing rocks. There is all the video, the people with the, the cell phone videos and they're taking these and there's people dancing. It was just this this chaotic scene. And then, you know, into that, you inject people who are bringing firearms or, or whatever. You inject people who have mental health issues. You inject people who are carrying guns illegally. And, and you get this entire volatile mix that, that leads to, again, stuff like this. Cause I, I can't, I don't think you can say enough. Whether you like this verdict or whether you don't like this verdict, there, there aren't winners here. This, this is, this is, it's a bad situation all around. You know, what happened in Kenosha in August of 2020 was a bad situation that the city is still trying to recover from. And, you know, this is just the, the latest example of it. All right. Obviously, this is the operative news story of the day. We are going to continue with this conversation. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Kyle Rittenhouse, I, probably no surprise to most of us who've been watching the trial, found not guilty on all five counts. We continue the conversation. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. You know, Eric Bostet, before you leave, off the air, we were discussing... Your question, which was a very good one, was what, what, what is the lesson to be drawn from this with the whole concept of, of provocation? In other words, let, let's say you have a workplace shooting situation. Somebody walks into a workplace with a gun and, and shoots somebody else because they've been fooling around with their wife or, or whatever. 
then you have three or four of the coworkers who see this happen and they go to to jump on the gunman to try to take the gun away and may, maybe somebody's got a clipboard or whatever and they're trying to swat at him and the person then do they have the right to turn around and shoot those four people who are trying to stop him after he's already shot one in, in self-defense right right and and of course the, the law in wisconsin it's the law of provocation which is the general rule if you've engaged in unlawful conduct um in, of a type likely to provoke others to attack you, then self-defense a lot of times doesn't apply. Now, in, in this particular case, which made it dicey, is obviously the jury found that that first shooting was one in self-defense. So if that's in self-defense, then everything kind of flows from that. Mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. a, it's, it, and I don't say this to belittle the significance of it, but I said all the time, this is like a law school exam on, on self-defense. If you if you break down the different fact situations and try to apply the law, but it, unfortunately, it played out in in real time. I, I'm uh, very interested to see how that happens now in the future. That Anthony Huber, that's because we're talking about it because Anthony Huber, he was the second one who was shot. He he was killed. He had had his skateboard. And he went after he he, he Rittenhouse. attacked Rittenhouse mm-hmm. because he thought Rittenhouse was the shooter. He mm-hmm. was trying to disarm him and and hold him or or whatever. Yeah, no. thinking that he's an active shooter and and he's been killed now and there's no repercussions. Now again, I'm just asking the question because moving forward, like we were talking about, I mean that that's something to think about the next time. You know, there's a lot of people that conceal carry. There's a lot of people that do a lot of different things, and in a moment when there is an active shooting or a scene that is very fluid. Right, how you act, right, and, Depend- and, and, and you know, a lot means. goes into play there. Well, yeah, and again, this is—I understand that there's people who are going to legitimately, like, like try to look at the larger issues that that this presents. I, I think th- this was, in many respects, it was a very, very narrow fact situation, and that, that, that's thankfully, hopefully, not going to come up very often. I, again, I, I think. The other thing that you need to stress, and I keep coming back to this, is is the whole question of burden of proof. You just can't get beyond that. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who are sitting there saying, "Okay, this this doesn't seem right," but yet our, our system says you, you got to, you know, in this case, the prosecution has to disprove self defense beyond a reasonable doubt, and that's a very tough standard. And I'm also very curious what this means for future. I don't want to say vigilanteism, but I'll use that word. I know some people might not like me using that word. But, you know, when this comes down to another situation where someone is going to come and bring an AR-15, what? how law enforcement is right. going to have to handle that moving or, or, forward? Or shotgun or handgun. Yeah, see, and that's on, on either side. Let's. I mean, I understand people sometimes tend to think of this as, okay, well, you, you, had, the, you had the Kyle Rittenhouses, and they were there to protect the buildings. But it, it doesn't need to be that way. It, it could be people, some of the social justice protesters. Are they now going right. to start to come armed because they might be afraid that somebody's going to yell at them or throw something yeah. at them? And yeah. are, are we... Are we taking a situation where we now ratchet up something that's already bad and, and just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it goes nuclear? No, I think th- and those are all just very open questions. Um, again, now, one of the things that we've been watching is 
the the crowd gathering and and at least thus far Eric, correct me if i'm wrong my impression is you're you're not seeing large numbers of people flocking to downtown kenosha right now no i mean this happened right around noon time there is a large contingent on the steps but i would guess that about two-thirds of that is likely media from both here locally chicago and across the country and you're seeing some of the key players there now Will we uh, see others show up later? Will there be a larger group that marches, per se? I mean, that, that can be expected, I would think, that there will be it's a the group goes out on. there. Yeah, I mean, that, that we've seen that in the past, so I would anticipate that to happen again, whether that's around drive time, dinner time, or even later. Right. Yeah, either way, we do know that the, the law enforcement is up and active right now right. in Kenosha to make sure that they can keep a handle and, on and, and some of the things that that I think might mitigate against huge things is first of all it's it's you got it's the weather November, right yeah. it's, no it is it, it's November and you know it's it, it's cold and I don't mean to, to to sound silly about that but that's kind of one of the realities about that it's not like a hot intense August mm-hmm. night where people right. are turning out so you've got that and I, I think law enforcement to your point has been very very committed that they're they're not going to be overwhelmed now how much of a police presence they have but they've been preparing for this unlike the the incidents with Jacob Blake where it caught everybody by surprise they were just the, the number of protesters, you know, grossly outnumbered the number of law enforcement, and it led to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen in this particular situation. So there'll be some activity uh, throughout the day today, for sure. There'll likely be another news conference or two. We'll do our best to, to bring those from the key players if and when they speak. Um, but, yeah, the news breaking about an hour ago, right around lunchtime on a Friday. Right, 855-616-1620. All right, we, we on, on events like this, I like to use this this program and the forum I have as sort of an electronic town hall to discuss you know any aspect of this case that that, that we want to discuss that whether the verdict whether you think justice was served in the verdict whether you you know feel that this uh, means that you know it's going to be anarchy moving forward you know that that's what we're here to discuss eight five five six one six one six twenty David from California David thank you for waiting good afternoon uh, well thank you Jeff. Jeff, uh, the uh, gun industry is sure going to love this uh, verdict because they're going to be able to sell a lot more of them. And uh, you remember the old Saturday night special? I do. That would blow up in your hand just as likely as uh, fire a real round. You know, uh, America is put in danger by the gun industry who, uh, you know, you're in advertising. You, The whole purpose of radio, commercial radio, is to sell ads, right? So the gun industry for years has been selling to paranoids. They've been targeting paranoids. They've been going out of their way to get paranoids to buy 40 guns or 50 guns and seven, you know, seven tons of ammo. So the idea that America has actually got a, an industry that targets paranoids, puts dangerous weapons in their hands, and then creates a a, a, a right to do that. Well, David, I mean, you're not you suggesting can... that that all all legal gun owners are are paranoids, are you? I'm talking the NRA. Well, I mean, okay, well, what you're, so you're suggesting that, like, certainly not suggesting that any NRA member, every NRA member is a paranoid. The, have you seen the, the brochures that the NRA sends out every mm-hmm. month? Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I don't. And, I, I'm not a member of the NRA, so I, I don't monitor their brochures. Let me, as long as I've got you. Do you well, I do got you... one from Christmas of last year, mm-hmm. and it was it was the most amazing. Uh, they target paranoids. They've been going out of their way to sell guns to paranoids. Okay. As long I mean, as as long as selling, okay, no, selling I, guns to crazy people. Okay, well. Well, but I guess my point is there's there's lots and lots of people who own guns who aren't crazy people and, and own them for legitimate purposes. But let me let me move this. Yeah, broad- and, well, how many how many uh, rounds do they have in their in their uh, hidden in their closet? Well, okay. Are they paranoids or are they trying to hold out against the paranoid? Okay, well, David, I, I'm just I'm trying to get you focused on the on the Rittenhouse case, but I, I'm sorry, I've just called me from California and waited for 45 minutes. I was trying to try my best to get us focused on that as opposed to the overall you know issue of NRA and guns and things like that 855-616-1620 that's the Acnet mortgage talk and text line i i'm trying to be objective about this case because if you've listened to my commentary over the last you know year plus i i've i have not seen Kyle Rittenhouse as the hero that some people have believed Kyle Rittenhouse was i i've also i don't believe he was a white supremacist that came to Kenosha with the idea of killing people i think he was an immature, stupid kid shouldn't have been there in over his head quickly and, and ended up, you know, panicking and, and shooting people. And I guess that the prosecution, in my opinion, one of the mistakes they made was that they tried to portray him again as this white supremacist who was there to, to execute people, which I don't think was the facts. If, if they had approached the case differently and perhaps charged it differently, maybe, and I just say maybe, you wouldn't have had this overall discussion. But I do agree that part of the conversation we have to have is, do we really want a situation where more and more people are coming into volatile situations armed to the teeth and, you know, shooting each other? Having said all that, I, I understand why this jury came down with the verdict of self-defense. And I'm, I'm as troubled by it as many people are. But, I mean, if you break this case down, you've got Rittenhouse, who I agree should not have been there. And I agree he shouldn't have had the gun. But, you know, he's in a position where the first guy has been screaming and threatening and yelling at him and other people all night. And he's clearly, you know, uh, the first guy is clearly chasing him. And he's running and he's separated and he ends up panicking. I do think it's fair to suggest that some of the behavior was the first guy, Rosenbaum, um, lunged in an effort to try to grab the gun. All right. The jury obviously felt that that was a situation where under those circumstances that they weren't convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that it wasn't a self-defense case. And then once that happens, you're just off to the races. So um, I guess I look at this. I understand why the jury decided what he did. At the same time, I think all of us need to be troubled by this. And for people who think Kyle Rittenhouse is a hero, no, I'm, I'm sorry, he, he's not He's not a hero. Was he guilty of the shootings as charged by the prosecution? Well, the jury says no. But that doesn't mean that what happened that night was good or right or that we can't look at ways of saying, hey, if situations like this happen again, don't we need to figure out a way to hold people accountable? Back with more of your calls in just a moment. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's talk to um, Liz in New London. Liz, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hello. Um, 
And my feeling is this young man should have been held responsible in some respect. I don't feel that he needed 20 years in prison, but I do feel that he should be responsible. He did take the life of another human being, and he needs to be taught maybe a lesson, and maybe sitting in jail for a couple of years would teach him a lesson. What about the idea of self-defense? Obviously, the jury was not convinced that the state was able to overcome that. I mean, under the circumstances, do you think he it was legitimate for him to shoot those people who were chasing him or hitting him with a skateboard or whatever? What was his real reason for going to Kenosha? There was enough problems down there, enough things going on. That young man should have just stayed home. Mm-hmm. No, no, the, yeah. There would not have been the life of another human being lost. Yeah, well, Liz, thanks to, I mean, I, look, and I, I understand that argument. That's, that's actually, I, I think, under the facts of this case and the burden of proof, and I keep coming back to that, that, I think, is the most difficult. That was the biggest thing going for the prosecution because, again, if you look at the elements of the offense and you read what the law in Wisconsin is about self-defense, this is, and I've said this for the last year, it's a case that screams self-defense. At the same time, I think that there's a lot of reasonable people, maybe everybody out there, who sits and looks at a situation where they say, hey, look, um, all right, even if if this was technically self-defense, it was a situation that the defendant, that Rittenhouse, put himself in by going down there that night with no really good purpose, by carrying a gun that he probably shouldn't have, and by quickly, at least my phrase, getting himself over his head. Very, very quickly, panicking. You get one of the, the guys in the crowd who's screaming at him, who's got some, I think, mental illness issues himself, who's chasing him around, and then one thing leads to another, and then you're off to the races. Eric Bilstadt, do we have something? Uh, We just had a little bit more intensity take place on the steps of the courthouse. Now, we do know that at least one demonstrator, or we assume it's a demonstrator and not a reporter, has passed out on the steps. And now police have kind of cordoned off that area. They're asking people to step away as they kind of take care of the situation there. Um, None of our monitors are showing the face of this person. We don't necessarily know if this was an altercation or if they just got overwhelmed, but as we see some intensity and we see some emotion flying there outside the courthouse there in Kenosha County, uh, police now stepping in a little bit to try to calm some things down. Right, make sure stuff doesn't get out of control. And, and again, based on what I'm seeing from the video feeds, it's 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 not like you have hundreds and thousands of people right no. now that are flocking Kenosha. It, it's dozens perhaps that are congregated on the courthouse step and and i think again i think the authorities in kenosha and in madison are not going to make the same mistake that they they made and i think they'll tell you they made a mistake back in august of 2020 by being overwhelmed let's talk to sam and McHenry. hi sam you're on wtmj what do you think very good afternoon jeff i hope this is a wake-up call starting with joe biden who in the last week Correct me if I uh, if I'm wrong, Jeff. Never came out and begged for peace and calm. He was real quick to call Rittenhouse a white supremacist. What a year ago! Yeah. But nothing in the last week try to just calm this situation down. It needs to be a lesson for him. Every governor, every big city mayor, 
I think it would be very accurate to say that the American public has seen enough of this rioting, burning, looting, and cops being told to stand down. So to all the people out there that want to play all Rittenhouse shouldn't have been there, well, that might be all fine and dandy, but the cops shouldn't have been told to stand down. The guards should have been there. Everything we pay for should have been present and ready to go, and it wasn't because of politics. Well, I do so, think, Sam, no, Sam, thanks for calling. I mean, I, and I've been saying this all along, too. I, I think that that is one of the lessons that you, civilian authority cannot lose control. And, and clearly, and you, you talk to the sheriff, you talk to the police chief, that they'll tell you that that's, that's, that is what happened those first two nights in Kenosha. They lost control of the streets, which led to the environment that caused people to show up and say, okay, well, if, if the police aren't able to do this, we're going to show up and do it. And it created, again, that environment that led to all this. So, I mean, I've been saying that all along. I think that is one of the lessons that you, you have to, you, it's one thing to allow and endorse peaceful protesting, but let's face it, what happened in Kenosha in August of 2020 wasn't peaceful protesting, by some people perhaps, but it was also looting and it was rioting and it was chaos and it was carnage, and you, you can't allow that to happen. So that's kind of one of the lessons, because if that doesn't happen, Rittenhouse doesn't feel emboldened to go down there, or people like Rittenhouse don't do it. So, I mean, I, I agree with that basic concept that you you – you can't let you can't lose control of the streets because it it fosters this sort of environment that I would hope all of us would agree is a bad situation. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. One thirty-one. Let's go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. A lot of that today. That's Here's right. Melissa Barkley. Thank you, Jeff. Tonight, mostly cloudy and breezy. Well, Melissa, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. we've got, uh, this is the defense attorney, Mark Richards, okay, who's starting speaking. Right into that. Did not start this, and we're thankful in more ways than one that the jury finally got to hear the true story. And when I say the media, I'm talking about social media and things like that. The story that came out from the beginning was not the true story. And that was something that we had to work to overcome in court, um, and we think we did that. You said that you were both at times doubtful and confident. Did the length of the deliberation time uh, instill more confidence, or was that instilling a little bit of work? No, doubt. Um, I I never predict how long a jury is going to be out, but it was the longest jury deliberation I've ever been a part of. I had an 18-hour and a 17-hour in one was a federal and one was a state case. Um, it was torture. And this might sound like a small thing, but the judge wanted us to be within 10 minutes. Obviously, my office isn't within 10 minutes. So we had to sit in that room on the third floor, and it was hell. What did you talk about the decision to put Kyle on the stand? Was that a close call for you? Do you think that made a difference in the case? You want the truth? Yes. Had to put him on. It wasn't a close call um, at certain points. We wondered whether we would put him on. Um, we did. Uh, we had a mock jury, um, and we did two different juries: one with him testifying, one without him testifying. It was substantially better when he testified. I mean, to a marked degree, and that sealed it. But in Wisconsin, if you don't put a client on the stand, you're going to lose. 
period. What do you see as the crucial moment in the fight? There were a lot. I, 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 I mean, I think, I think it, it's at the beginning, but when Attorney Binger gave his opening statement and said those things that Kyle chased Rosenbaum down, I, I don't know where that came from to this day. It was ridiculous. Um, and that gave me something to really show and argue to a jury that this isn't fair. It's it's not a game. And I think that was huge. Corey, you know, my co-counsel, and I stress the word co-counsel, he was not a second chair, was incredible. Um, we fought over who got to cross-examine Gage Grossquitz. Um, he won. Um, and he did a better job than I would have. This case has gotten caught up in issues of racial justice, the Second Amendment, self-defense. What does Kyle, what does your team, want this verdict to be remembered for, this case to be remembered for? You know, it, when I took this case, um, I was hired by the two first lawyers. I'm not going to use their names. Um, they wanted to use Kyle for a cause and something that I think was inappropriate. And I don't represent causes, I represent clients. And the only thing that ended up mattering to me was whether he was found not guilty or not. Is that what Mark feels or, as well? Is that what Kyle I, wants or does he? I believe that's what he wanted. And I had, you know, I told him when I first met him, when he was in custody, that if he was looking for somebody to go off on a crusade, I wasn't his lawyer. And Martin, what Martin, you, throughout the week you said, you know, when I caught you in between the court. You, you, I never talked to you. That <laughs> uh, you were nervous, that, you know, you, you didn't know what the heck was going on in that jury room. Uh, looking back on, you know, all that time waiting, nearly, you know, 27 hours to uh, this afternoon, uh, can you kind of walk me through sort of the I mean, I expected we kind of picked amongst ourselves, our wives, our friends, my associates in the building. And I had Tuesday at 4.30, so I was way wrong. Um, nobody had it going past Thursday. And, you know, there was talk today about whether they were going to deliberate on Saturday. I've never seen a jury, and I don't mean this as a slight to them, I, but they didn't have a lot of questions. We had no information that they ever fought. Um, they were just working through the issues. And, you know, so it didn't... It was the time that made me nervous. There wasn't any information coming out. They submitted five questions over that whole time. They never asked to rewatch the videos, you know, beyond those five questions. Was that concerning or puzzling question, you know, for you? I, you know, I was afraid of a compromise. You know, I know it's been reported that we asked for lesser included. We objected to all lesser included. Um, Kyle was questioned on lesser included because he has to be, but that wasn't our wish, that wasn't Kyle's wish. And we, as time went on, were afraid that there would be some horse trading in the jury room. Um, and that's what really concerned us. No. <laughs> I was a prosecutor, Corey was a prosecutor, and I never went after somebody like they did. And when they put on the Kandiri brothers knowing that they were lying, that is a problem. This isn't, as I said in my closing argument, I'm not going to, you know, it's not a game. And 
you're playing with an 18-year-old kid's life. And they were willing to put those guys on. Detective Howard and Detective Anteramian had both interviewed them, and in their police reports said, we know you're lying. I can't ask that question when they're on the witness stand of the detective because one witness can't comment on another. So they put them on. They knew they were lying, and that's garbage. And I'm, I'm thankful we're never going to have to litigate the issue regarding the drone video, but they kept saying we stipulated to it. We let it in. We agreed to let it in because we saw the quality we were given, and the jury couldn't see anything. And then they're saying, well, his first lawyer had it because it was on Tucker Carlson. John Pierce never had that video. We've talked to Fox News. We've talked to Tucker Carlson's show. The video that was on Tucker Carlson's show started right when Rosenbaum threw the bag. It did not start with the part that they showed at the beginning. It's a huge difference. That's what they built their whole case on with that garbage photo. And, you know, maybe you don't expect everything in a trial, ever. And that program that they used and the expert from the crime lab specifically says on the company's blog, artificial intelligence enhancements are not to be used for forensic evidence. And they did it. And our research after it, it would have been the subject of a huge motion. We don't have to do it. You know, I don't, I don't know that it says. I mean, there's. I personally don't like people carrying AR-15s around. You know. There was so much anger and so much fear in Kenosha on August 25th that people did arm themselves. And, I, I, you know, we knew from the beginning that if you read that statute correctly, I know everybody thought I was crazy, if you read the statute correctly, he was legal in having that firearm. And obviously once the evidence came in, the judge threw the charge. Um, they threw the curfew. and. Those were things that the state wanted to, you know, kind of hang their hat on so they could argue he couldn't be there, he couldn't own the gun. What was the first thing that Kyle Wittenhouse told you about? Thank you. Mark, what was surviving victim, Gates Joe's Courts, said in an interview in recent days that watching Kyle testify basically looked like a, a kid who got caught doing something wrong, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, what does Kyle want the families of the two men killed to know about how this all played out? Because you repeatedly talked about feeling like he had no choice. But clearly there was... If, if Mr. Grosquitz and some of the other people had let Kyle go to the police, there would only be one individual dead. Um, they referred to him, and I talked... Enforcement. He didn't meet it, but the way that those words are so charged, that's what they used. They wanted to paint him as that. Um, you know, I wish nobody died. I wish I never met Kyle Rittenhouse. And I don't mean that because he was a bad client. I just mean because then this wouldn't have happened. Whether or not he feels he had to do it, is he remorseful? Does he feel bad about for those families? I, I think he does. We've talked about it. Um, there's been so much talk about whether the tears were 
um, genuine. All I can say is when we prepared Kyle and we worked on his testimony, there were things we couldn't talk about in my office because it got too emotional and he couldn't handle it. He's in you know, counseling for PTSD, so he doesn't sleep at night. Um, remorse, I think, manifests itself some other ways. I don't think he can ever walk out here and say that um, because of the situation. But I know Kyle Rittenhouse, and I know what he feels. Mark, along those lines, where does he go from here? He has to get on with his life the best he can. I think eventually some anonymity will come back to it. Um, I don't think he'll continue to live in this area. Um, I think it's too dangerous. He's had 24-hour security since this happened. We're thankful that the judge protected his address. Um, everybody in this case, and when I say that, I mean prosecution, defense, to me, it's scary how many death threats we've had. You know, I was answering my phone on the way back from court in Kenosha. I don't, my office isn't that far. After the third death threat, I quit answering the phone. And Mark, what do you say to people who He had as much business being there as any of the demonstrators or the rioters. Um, that's all I can say. I mean, there's going to be people who will never agree with that statement, but you know, if we all would just mind our own business a little bit, I think we'd all be better off. And that's a hard lesson to learn. But couldn't that have been said about Kyle? It, it, it could be. He was asked to be there. He wanted to help the community, and you know, that's the narrative that the state went with. He shouldn't have been there. Um, he was asked to be there by Nick and Dominic. Um, and the Kandiri brothers wanted security. And, it, you know, I'm not trying to blame anyone. I wish he'd never been separated from Ryan Balch, and we would, wouldn't be here. Does he regret coming here to Kenosha? I, I don't believe he does. I, believe, I mean, you know, if he had to do it all over again and you said same thing is going to happen and you're gonna, life is going to be put in a living hell for a year and you're going to not know if you're going to be a free man, he would say, I wouldn't go. Um, but we can't undo time. Mark, the, president, the president was just asked about the verdict. He said, I stand by what the jury has to say. The jury system works. I, <laughs> and I'm not laughing at President Biden. What I'm laughing at is it, it, a friend of mine who's a lawyer said, he goes, and him and I had done a big case together seven, eight years ago, and he said, do you think this Rittenhouse is going to be bigger than that case? And I said, you know I do. And he said, why do you say that? And I said, I've never had a case, and I don't think I ever will, where within two days or three days of one another, you know, the president and the presidential candidate comment on it. And both of them had such different beliefs. Um, President Biden said some things that I think are so incorrect and untrue. He's not a white supremacist. I'm glad that he at least respects the jury verdict. And if the government had any information regarding his cell phone or anything that he had been to any of those websites or been online doing that kind of stuff, 
it would have been introduced in evidence. It wasn't. We were the individuals who released his cell phone, which couldn't be cracked by the FBI because we had nothing to hide. For those of us that got here a little bit late, can you just kind of reiterate or go over his reaction immediately? After? No, I'm not, I'm not Do doing reruns. Do you plan to represent him in, civil, in any civil actions? What's that? Do you plan to represent him in civil actions? I, I'm a criminal defense attorney. I don't do civil stuff. Every case is different and every case has surprises. Um, you know, hey, I learned I could wait 24 hours for a verdict. What about what happens to the $2 million bond? I expect there will be a fight over that. Um, you know, John Pierce is the person who posted the bond. Um, all of that money was raised on behalf of Kyle. Um, Lynn Wood and Fight Back say that they're entitled to it. Um, there was, and when I, I'm using round numbers, but there was half a million dollars, I think, that came directly from Wendy Rittenhouse from money she had raised. So there's going to be a fight over that, and I'm just thankful that there will be a fight over that because. If he had lost, it wouldn't have mattered. I know Kyle had aspirations to be a first responder. Is that still? He wants to be a nurse. What would you say your biggest takeaway is from this 25 plus hour jury deliberation? What do you think that that says? I need to be more patient. Now that he has been acquitted, can you look back and point to a pivotal moment that was successful for you that you think created this outcome? Getting rid of the first two lawyers. And. You know, that might be a smart-alecky comment, but I mean that. And I got my best friend, Corey, to join, who I trust. Um, and to be able to work with somebody who you don't have to check their work, you don't worry about what they're going to be doing, you give them a project and it's done as good or better as you do yourself, it's priceless. There's been a lot of commentary on the prosecutor's performance in this case. What would you say being up there with him every day? I, you know, I, I, you must have got here a little bit late. Um, I, I've known Tom Binger for a long time. I knew him when he was a civil lawyer. Um, I'm disappointed with some of the things he did, um, and I've said why. Such as what? Putting on the Kandiri brothers when you know they're lying. Um, changing your prosecution, going with provocation after you say that my client chased him down and shot him in the back. Um, calling him an active shooter when he's not. You know, justice is done when the truth is reached, and I don't know that it's set up to do that, but a prosecutor is supposed to seek the truth. It's not about winning, and this case became about winning, and that's probably why it got so personal. How about the judge? What do you say about how the judge handled the case? You know, I've, I've never seen so much made of so little, and that's not to pick on you guys or anything like that, but I've tried cases as a prosecutor a hundred years ago in front of Judge Schrader. I've tried cases as a defense lawyer, and him and I butted heads as a defense lawyer. Um, Judge Schrader gives you a fair trial as a defendant. You don't want him to sentence your client, okay? Um, but in this case, we were looking for a fair trial, and if we lost, we knew what was going to happen. So it wouldn't have mattered whether it was that judge or some other judge. He's getting life in prison. 
So I'd rather have a fair trial. I thought he gave us a fair trial. Um, you know, this, everybody got all crazy about the tumbler. Who cares? That has nothing to do with this. I, I mean, I've seen the tumbler used before. I've seen clerks pull things out and suspicious things happen. Um, Kyle pulled it out. And I'll be real honest, we had every juror scored on a, a, a sheet, and we were devastated when those th three of the six jurors were separated from the panel because we thought they were three of our st strongest jurors. And Kyle pulled their names. So I think it's a good system. Um, I, you know, I've got a trial in front of them, you know, a big case. And maybe in that one, I'll think he's unfair, but he's a fair judge. But he also said something about, like, in the future, he plans on rethinking the possibility of live coverage to this extent. Given what you guys have gone through, you know, he mentioned that you guys went through a lot, you, there were threats made to you. What do you think that that should be going forward, setting the precedent about? I don't know about that. You know, I, I think... I think that I've never done a case that was televised gavel to gavel. I've had cases that have gotten media coverage. I was kind of, um, I knew this case was big. I had no idea it was going to be this big. I mean, I've gotten calls from people I haven't seen in 25 years. It, it, it's just bizarre. Um, and I, I'll never be able to figure out exactly what it is that caused the interest that it did. Um, I don't think it made the attorney's act different. I don't think it made the judge act different. Um, I suspect when everything cools down, if there was another big case in front of Judge Schrader, he'd let the cameras in. Mark, will Kyle say anything to the crowd that's gathering down there now over you on his behalf? I, you about, know, about, we don't know that there'll be trouble, but you know, there's people gathering by the time we left. There were more and more people showing up. Do you think he, anything he might say could uh, make things go better than I, I think I don't. Um, the people who are going to end up causing trouble, they don't want to hear from Kyle Rittenhouse. I, it, and it's, you know, what, remain calm? I, you know. What do you think the wider implications of this verdict are? I don't, you know, I don't think it's, the, I don't think it's that kind of case. I mean, you know, when, when you want to talk about implications and precedent and things like that, is it ever going to happen again? You know, is there ever going to be just a total unrest in Kenosha or some other city, and that's going to happen? You know, I just don't see that. Um, it was a case about self-defense, the right to protect oneself from, you know, Mr. Rosenbaum. Don't want to speak ill of the dead, but he wasn't a nice person, and everybody knows why. And a lot of that didn't come in in front of the jury. So... I don't know that there's any broader implications. I don't want to make it bigger than it is. A couple of politicians in Wisconsin used the word vigilante to refer to your client since the verdict came down. How do you react to that? Maybe they should have watched the trial. Yeah. I know Kyle Rittenhouse said thank you to you. You said that after the verdict was read. Can you share any more about general reaction from him or his family in that moment? You know, it's one of those things that anything that's said at this time it's kind of meaningless. We have to take it in, reflect on it, and, um, it, you know, what's he thanking me for? And I don't mean to, that it's insincere, but 
it takes a while to process what happened today. I haven't processed it. I, I don't think I. I can't answer that question. If I had to guess, and it would be a guess, I don't think they'll stay in Wisconsin. What's next for you? I got a trial in a week. I'm going to take a couple of days off and go to the Badger game tomorrow, which I've jump missed. Jump around. Hopefully, I've missed a couple of Badger games because of this trial, and I'm very much. We were afraid we weren't going to get to go because they were going to have them deliberate on Saturday, and I want to see them beat Nebraska. Do you have any sense that they agreed to those verdicts much earlier, but maybe just took some extra time to at least leave the impression they really thought through it? It wasn't a quick, sudden I, I don't believe that. Uh, yeah, that's. I don't believe that. I, I mean, there was the questions, and I think I, I said this to some people yesterday when they asked to call off at 4 o'clock. You could see the tenseness in those people, the jurors, at least I could or I sensed it, who were entering that room. And, you know, if they wanted to quit early because I think they were tense. And I, if there was some early verdict and they were playing all of us for fools, um, they're great actors and actresses. I don't think that was the case. I believe so. I, you know... I have I have clients from 30 years ago I still talk to I I get my oldest one of my oldest favorite clients he moved out of Racine moved to Minneapolis um, he texted me congratulations I talked to him once a month I try to stay in touch with clients who want to stay in touch with me um, I like to see him do well and I hope that Kyle does. Do you think that they'll keep a little profile? I hope so. What do you think the amount of time that the jury took to do this says about? how they handled it? They took it very seriously. I, it, as I said, it's the longest jury I've ever had out. Um, wow. Can I go home? Go home. Anything else you have to ask you? Okay, we're going to... The, the right. press conference is concluding. That is uh, the defense attorney for Kyle Rittenhouse, Mark Richards. Uh, interesting conversation um, and, and his different perspectives on things. I, I think a couple of things that I noticed were, first of all, early on, and this is something I guess I've been saying since the beginning of the trial, they asked him about the decision to call Kyle Rittenhouse as, as a witness. And he said, well, you know, to me, we, we had to do it. Um, he said, we, we'd actually done two mock trials and one where he testified and one where he didn't. And clearly the, the mock juries liked it much better when he testified. He said in Wisconsin, we, we had to. I, I, I actually, I, I agree with that. I think this is a case where it was a case where defendants, of course, don't have to testify. You have an absolute right not to testify if you choose to. But in a case like this, I think the the jury wants to hear from the defendant. If the defendant felt that his life was in danger, the jury wants to hear why he did what he did. So I, I do agree with the defense attorney that if he hadn't have put Kyle Rittenhouse on the stand, I think it and just simply relied on the presumption of innocence, I think it would have been a, a much different situation. One of the other things he said that I, I, I noticed was that they asked him about well, you know, what do you think, you know, Rittenhouse resents, you know, re regrets going there? And he said, well, sure, if he knew what had happened. But I, he, he did make a mention of something, and I wrote it down. He said, if we'd all just mind our own business, maybe we'd be better off. That's, that's sort of what I've been saying for the last 
especially since I, I saw the video of what was going on that third night, and, and you do have, to use the prosecution's terms, you have all these chaos tourists. You have all these people who were just there because it was a spot to to be. And you had a lot of people that were there that had no purpose other than they were looking to, to cause trouble. They were looking to scream at other people. They were looking to get into trouble, and, and it, it happened. And you have this very, very unfortunate situation. But if some people had perhaps stayed home and just let things cool down and not felt that we have to run into the situation, either to protect buildings or to let's throw rocks at the people who are protecting the buildings or let's do whatever we do. If people would have just stayed home and perhaps minded their own business, maybe maybe cooler heads would have, in fact, prevailed. A number of elected officials are weighing in on this verdict, and some of the responses are are predictable but just head-shaking. We'll talk about those in the next hour of the program. Right now it is 2 o'clock. We'll join um, Melissa. Well, I got, okay. All right, my producer is yelling at me in my ear. We'll take a quick break. Back with more in just a minute. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. We have literally, as you might expect, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of texts that are coming in, people all over the map with their reaction to this verdict. But there's one or two that I thought were really interesting, including some that are reacting to my reaction, which is, Jeff, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're in the middle of the road on this. You need to take a position. Well, here, here, here's what I think about this. I think this was a verdict which was clearly supported by the evidence. Given the state of the law on self-defense and the prosecution's burden of proof, I am not at all surprised by the verdict. At the same time, I don't see Kyle Rittenhouse as a hero. I, I don't. I see him as a stupid kid who was somewhere where he shouldn't have been, armed to the teeth, who quickly got in over his head and reacted. And self-defense or or not, whether or not he was overcharged, and I think he was overcharged, and whether or not the prosecution's theory of the case was correct, and I don't believe it, it was, it's still, it, it's a tragedy. There's no heroes here. There's not. And, and yes, you, you, can, you can say that the people who ended up dead did stuff that they shouldn't have, and yeah, that, that's true. I mean, there were a lot of mistakes made that night, but there's no heroes here. There, there, just, there just isn't. And for people who are upset with me that I say that I understand why this verdict was returned, sorry, I understand why the verdict was returned. Why for people who are upset with me because I don't think Rittenhouse is this great hero, sorry, I don't think he's a great hero. I think this is an unfortunate situation. There are, in fact, no winners here. And I think we need to all learn from this to prevent stuff like this happening again. You need... First of all, you know, government can't lose control of the streets. I keep saying that over and over again because that created the conditions that led to this. Secondly, the idea of people attending protests and then deciding they're going to turn these protests into looting and rioting sprees, that's unacceptable. And then the idea of people deciding that they're going to come down to protect private property because citizen, because law enforcement has lost control, you don't want to have that happen either. I mean, it's just, 
It's just a series of bad decisions piled on bad decisions that lead to these situations. And I don't necessarily think that's middle of the road. I think that's how I see the case. And candidly, I think that's the sort of rational, nuanced approach that we need to take to this, which brings me to what I want to talk about next. I think this is a time where cooler heads really do need to prevail. And you would hope that some of those cooler heads would be found in the people that we elect to office. Unfortunately, that is not the case at all. And the idea of some of these politicians deciding to use this case as a way to pander to what they perceive to be their audiences is nothing short of appalling to me. Now, I sent out a tweet yesterday, and I I, I don't use Twitter as much as I used to, but if you follow me, it's at Jeff Wagner 620. Yesterday afternoon, Lena Taylor, who is a state senator, screaming Lena Taylor, who's been in the news for all sorts of stuff herself, um, who was, she is an active candidate for the Democratic nomination for lieutenant governor next year. She parachutes down to the, the courthouse in Kenosha. She's a state senator from Milwaukee. She has nothing to do with this, and she's holding this news conference where she's calling on the jurors to do the right thing. Well, I, I mean, really? This, I remember, and I sent out this tweet, it's just not helpful. You know, having politicians who decide they want to get, you know, their faces on television and they want to pander to a certain, you know, group of people that they think might support them, it's just, it's not helpful. It wasn't helpful yesterday. Today, I'm looking at some of the responses that we are seeing from elected officials, and it's nothing short of infuriating how irresponsible this is. Bottom line is, the, the jury has spoken. President Biden, mark the tape, President Biden is right. We have this jury system. Sometimes the juries get it right. Sometimes they get it wrong. O.J. Simpson, for example. In this case, I said, I think the jury got it right. You might object to the laws in Wisconsin on self-defense and things like that. You might think that this just doesn't feel right. But under the law, I understand where they're coming from. But regardless, what we want to do is we want to soothe troubled waters. We don't want to have a repeat of August of 2020. So you would think some of the elected officials would understand that and take that responsibility seriously. Into this wades, Congresswoman Gwen Moore from Milwaukee. Here's her tweet. A system that legitimizes vigilante murder is deeply broken. Oh, that's real helpful, Gwen. The ACLU of Wisconsin. This situation represents an outrageous failure to protect protesters by the Kenosha Police Department and the Kenosha Sheriff's Department. Um, Representative Francesca Hong, she's a state rep out of Madison. I send my love and prayers to the families of Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber and to Gage Grosskreutz and the people of Kenosha. Kyle Rittenhouse is a murderer and justice was not served today. His acquittal speaks volume to the privilege of whiteness in America. Representative Hong, you should be ashamed of yourself. I mean, to... Again, to use a situation which is volatile right now as a way to send stuff out that you're going to raise money on or try to incite stuff, it's just not responsible to do stuff like this. And it's aggravating in the extreme. Sarah Godlewski, she is the state treasurer. She wants to be governor. 
It is outrageous that there will be no justice and no accountability for the deaths of Anthony Huber and Joseph Rosenbaum and or for the shooting of Gage Grosskreutz. Okay, tell me how that is helpful. And here is a woman who aspires to be the governor of the state of Wisconsin. Um, you know, it goes on and on, and I could give you other. Lee Snodgrass, never heard of her. She's a state representative from the Appleton area, Democrat. I am disgusted by the conduct during and, and the outcome of the Rittenhouse trial. There are two justice systems in this country, one for white men and one for black men. White men with guns go free. Black men minding their own business wind up dead. May Kenosha stay safe. Well, I've got news for you, Representative Snodgrass. Saying things like you just said does not help making Kenosha stay safe. It's sort of like, gee, there's a fire that's there. I'm going to throw a can of gasoline on that fire, but I hope nothing burns. I I mean, I'm using that as an analogy. But seriously, this is what some of these political leaders are coming out there and, and saying about you know, this. And it's like, look, just just dial this whole thing back. You've got a volatile situation. By saying these things, it does not help. You are not being helpful. Pandering to, you know, one side or the other and denouncing this as vigilantism or murder or whatever, it doesn't help soothe problems. There's an opportunity, I guess, if you want to look at things that could be done differently, changes to the law, all that stuff. But saying things like this today is not a positive thing. And you shouldn't have to tell elected officials that, but I guess we do. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Politicians, you just need to dial it down. And, and unfortunately, that's, you know, when, when you have people that are elected officials, you got to realize that, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm watching the stuff from Kenosha, and at least at this point in time, it, it doesn't look like there's huge numbers of people that are, are descending for a variety of reasons. And I, I know this time, unlike in 2020, it sounds, seems to me like law enforcement is much more prepared to deal with stuff. But some of these tweets that I'm sending out by people who are elected officials, they, they just flat out aren't helpful. And I understand that there is this desire to pander to your supporters and to say the things they want. But don't people realize that when you're an elected official and you've got a potentially volatile situation, I don't know, pulling a Gwen Moore and saying this is just vigilantism, that's that that vigilante murder. That That's that's not a helpful thing um, to, to say at this point point in time and and I don't know if you really believe it or not or whether you're just looking for that sound bite but it, it's not helpful and you know it's, it's time for elected officials to start behaving as grown-ups okay so Ron Johnson this is what he says I believe justice has been served in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial I hope everyone can accept the verdict remain peaceful and let the community of Kenosha heal and rebuild all right just, just compare that Again, to uh, again, what we're seeing from Francesca Hong, state rep out of Madison. I send my love and prayers to the families of the victims. Kyle Rittenhouse is a murderer, and justice was not served today. His acquittal speaks volumes to the privilege of whiteness in America. Just compare the tone of of those two statements. Now, Tony Evers wades in on this as well, and it's 
It's one of these sort of middle-of-the-road statements. He um, says the ver- no verdict will be able to bring back the lies of Anthony Huber and uh, Joseph Rosenbaum or heal Greg Grosskreutz's injuries. No verdict can heal the we- wounds or trauma experienced by Jacob Blake and his family. No ruling today changes our reality in Wisconsin that we have work to do towards equity, accountability, and justice that communities across our state are demanding and are reserve and deserve. And he goes on to talk about Kenosha and, um, you know, he says, um, I echo the calls of local Kenosha community leaders and join them in asking everyone who might choose to assemble and exercise their First Amendment rights in any community to please do so safely and peacefully. We must have peace in Kenosha and our communities and any other efforts or actions aimed at sowing division are unwelcome in our state will only hinder that healing. And he goes on. But this is from Evers. I think it's a much more responsible statement this time. Than, than 14 months ago. Maybe he's learned his, his lesson in that regard. But for all these politicians who are out there who want to get their mugs on TV or want to get their little sound bites that are printed in the paper, think about what it is that you are, are doing and think about whether or not you are being constructive. And, and maybe... Maybe then, you know, you won't have that obligation and you won't feel that compulsion to hit send so often after you've typed out that tweet. Gee, we could have given that advice to lots of elected officials over the last several years. Okay, when we come back, we'll talk to John McCure. John will continue to monitor the developments in the Rittenhouse trial as well. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner.